podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Anfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be your moderator for today's discussion. I am joined by Lubo uh, Murkoff and Paul Jenkins. Paul, how are you doing this today? I am doing very well. Um, I think this is the first Positivity Podcast that we have recorded where it is not sunny. It is currently, well, it's not quite raining, but it looks as if it could rain. Um, and uh, my day today has consisted of taking my eldest son to his football match, where unfortunately they lost 4 0. So it wasn't the best start to the day, and it's kind of stayed grey ever since. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Hopefully, the, the podcast can, can brighten things up. Um, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and Lubo, how are you doing? I'm good. Hello, gentlemen. I, I, similar to, to Paul, the weather here in uh, New Jersey has been actually quite cold. The last few days we've had, uh, we had rains and we've had uh, cold weather. And even going, going out at night, normally you just, you know, you just go out in uh, uh, a shirt and, and uh, t-shirt, a t-shirt, uh, t-shirt and shorts. And it's been really cold. So I think we got the Seattle weather over here. But um, it's been good. And, you know, I've been quite busy with family stuff the last couple of weeks. So I guess that's been good. I've not had much time to really think too much about football or, or sports in general. Uh, so this, this time is, is perfect because I'm, I'm, I'm about as prepared as, as or unprepared as I'll ever be about a podcast. Lugo, you're just, you're just rested and ready to go. About I as am. prepared as I normally am. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the hot takes ready, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's get into it then. Um, so our opening question is actually for you, Lubo. Uh, how excited are you about the Liverpool uh, women's start to the season? I'm excited. I, I think it's... So I did follow them quite a bit last year when they're in... in uh, whatever, the championship, I think the equivalent, whatever the lower division is called. Uh, and and they were the dominant team, right? And I think getting Matt Beard as the as the coach, and they got a few really good players, and and they just dominated the league. But obviously, coming in uh, into the NWSL where you have uh, NWSL, the, the the women's Super League. I'm confusing my my leagues across the countries. <laughs> but coming into the 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 the, the women's uh, Super League, it's always challenging. And then having um, uh, Chelsea as effectively your first game. Uh, is never easy, but they did really well, and uh, both penalties were uh, deserved. They obviously won two one. All three goals came on penalties, uh, but Liverpool's goals, the penalties were uh, earned. They were not cheap penalties, right? So to to beat uh, to beat Chelsea at home was huge, and and today is the the, the Merseyside derby at Anfield, um, and it's unfortunate I won't be able to watch it live, but um, I'm looking forward to 
seeing how how uh, the ladies do. Uh, hopefully they can win today. Hopefully Anfield is. Uh, I don't know if it'll be sold out, but I hope they get at least thirty thousand or so, maybe even more, uh, to go and 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 watch them today. Um, so I, I'm I'm very positive. I think the only the only negative is that they lost uh, one of their uh, forwards, Leanne Kiernan. They lost her uh, to an injury. She had surgery last week, and she's out for a few months. So I think that is going to be a, a big a big challenge because they they're. They have been kind of thin up front in, in terms of strikers, and losing her in the first game is a huge, huge problem. I have no idea how the transfer rules work. I don't know if there's any way that they can sign a new player before January. I know that in the U.S. that the women's league is pretty much over soon. I don't know if that will allow them to actually potentially bring a, another player or two um, soon, but that that to me is the only concern. But listen, if the, if they can win today... They will be uh, six points after two games, and and you can't complain about that. Absolutely not. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope they win today and and have a continue to have a good start to the season and and have lots of success. Um, Paul, do you have any thoughts on the Liverpool women, or should we shift into the Liverpool men? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think they've done well. That's a good win in that first game. Uh, and I was just Googling there while you were chatting to the boat. So the WSL transfer window shut on the 8th of September, I think. Um, so, yeah, no more transfers available for them. Opened 17th of June and closed 8th of September. So no more transfers until uh, January. But, yeah, no, that's a good start for them. Hopefully they can keep going, keep building on that start. They've done well. Hopefully, I, and I need to get you both gentlemen excited about about the ladies, uh, um, even if you if just as uh, kind of a, a fair weather bandwagon fans, I think we need we need to just maybe in a couple more wins, uh, we, we need to get you following the team as well. Like the last yeah, well, time we won the league, I watched pretty much every game that that we played, but it's just that since then I've kind of not really had the time. So. That's my that's my story. <laughs> yeah, we we can uh, check in on that uh, as the season comes. We can make this a, a, you know a feature, Lubu's Lubu's overview of the WSL. We could, and in fact, I'm actually just all, also here in in the US. I'm following the women's league, and uh, I've gone to a couple of uh, uh, games of the local team, which is called Gotham uh, uh, Gotham FC. Unfortunately, they're just really, really bad. They're sitting in last place right now, uh, in 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 uh, here in the U.S. And they've you know the worst defensive record, the worst offense. I think they've they've won four and lost seventeen. Uh, so it's 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 nice. it's been it's it's been a bit brutal. Uh, but um, yeah, from from that perspective, I do catch some games on TV, but I'm. I am excited about the, the Liverpool ladies, and I think it, it it's 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 good. It's it's I think it's it's good if um, if the ladies, if the Liverpool ladies, Liverpool women do well this year. I don't expect them to compete for a title, but if they're finishing the top half uh, uh, of the of the table at the end of the season, I think that will be a major achievement. Yeah, that would be great. So let's um, let's shift our. Uh, a focus to the men's team and recap the the event since we last spoke. Uh, so Liverpool signed Arthur Mello on loan from Juventus on deadline day. 
in the Premier League, Liverpool lost to Manchester United, then crushed Bournemouth and got a late new, uh, winner against Newcastle uh, before having a draw in the Merseyside Derby. Uh, then in the Champions League, Liverpool opened their campaign with a per- poor performance in Napoli, uh, but then returned to Anfield with a win over Ajax. Uh, so let's start with the Arthur signing. Uh, Paul, what, what are your thoughts on Arthur? It's a very interesting signing, isn't it? I think it's kind of one of those ones that no one really uh, had a sniff of or really knew was going to happen. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there it was. We've got him on loan. Um, and you're kind of going, if he can live up the potential that has been talked about all through his career, it could be a stroke of genius. And your flip side of that is, is he actually fit? When will he be fit? Uh, when can he actually play any football minutes and how is he going to have any impact on the pitch? Um, so I think it's one of those signings where you're kind of going, yeah, okay, it could be really good, uh, but you're just, you know, you're just kind of, is underwhelmed the right term? Um, I'm not sure because you know that obviously he's been at Barcelona, he's been at Juventus, so he's not. it's not as if he's an absolute terrible player but it's just one of them ones where you're kind of going right okay what actually is he going to bring and when's he going to be able to bring anything um, now that being said obviously in the weeks since he's arrived then there's been a lot of really good positive stories coming out about him um, hiring uh, you know fitness trainers and everyone else to try and work with him to get him more uh, to get him closer to match fitness, playing for the under-21s. I think he's played a full 90, and then he also played 60 minutes there the other night. So I think when you when you look at that, you're kind of going, well, his attitude seems to be right. Um, there seems to be that drive and enthusiasm to try and have some kind of impact for us and get himself close to the, to, close to the first team uh, and get minutes on the pitch. I guess the only... Maybe the only thing that we've kind of looked at, and it's probably just because of the games that we've played in, he's not had a chance really to get on and play many minutes in the games that we've had since he signed. And you're kind of looking at that going, you know, is there an element of he's that far off match fitness that we just can't get him on the pitch? Or is there an element of he's not up to necessarily, you know, where where the management and the coaches need him to be to actually throw him in the games? Uh, so... It's it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be one of them ones where, you know, I think there's quiet optimism that he was, you know, he was rumoured, he was talked about when he signed for Barcelona as kind of like a Thiago-esque player. And so if we can kind of, you know, tap into that and have him on rotation with Thiago, you know, even 20 minutes to see out matches or, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes to be able to rest Thiago in a game, then, you know, that's, that should be a positive um, of the signing of Arthur. But it's just when can we see that happening? And will that be how he gets utilised for us? So I, I think it's a good signing, but it's one where you're kind of going, I'm just not quite sure when or how or if it's going to work out brilliantly for us. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just a bit of an odd one, uh, like the circumstances more than the player, because it was um, sort of like something happened with Nabi Keita, either like his injury or other stuff, and all of a sudden there's a scramble yeah. at the end of the window, and then out of nowhere it's Arthur is signed on loan. Uh, you know, like like you're saying, he, his 
stats look a lot like a Tiago light. Like he can pass the ball really well, yeah. retain possession, uh, does some pressing. So as long as he like gets in that rotation, sort of in that le- left side of the midfield, s- plays with Fabinho, sort of like helps control things a little bit and retain possession. Like seems like he could be a, a you know a completely viable candidate for for that type of role. Uh, and like you said, is like everything since coming in has been very positive about him trying to be integrated, but then sort of the like stop start nature of the schedule. So he signed and then yeah. like a day later, it's the Merseyside Derby. And then yeah. there's the Napoli game and then games are canceled and then Ajax and then games canceled. So it's just odd, yeah. odd circumstances to be uh, joining and just, you know, more weirdness to the beginning of the season. So uh, Lubo, your thoughts on Arthur? So you guys have mentioned a lot of it. I, to me, it, it, there's maybe three aspects uh, to, to, that I was thinking about. One is the talent, right? Does he have the talent? And, and you could say, obviously, in Brazil, he was very highly talented. He was actually quite, quite good at Barcelona. I mean, there were quotes about Messi being very complimentary uh, of him. Uh, and he, was, he, he actually was quite good in, in Barcelona in the first couple of years that he was there. And then just it all went downhill uh, for him at, at at Juventus. So he does have talent. I think the question is, you know, can 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 he get back to that level, both uh, tactically and 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 physically and, and contribute? And I think that you know what you guys said about Thiago Light, uh, someone who could hopefully play on that left side, more reserved, more controlling role, um, it could could very well uh, help. Um, Thing. The second thing is the fitness, right? And that's 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 been the probably the biggest mm-hmm. challenge. Is uh, he did look a little bit out of shape, you know, uh, you know, in in the game when he came at what at Napoli, I think it yeah, was. Napoli. Even though that was a bit of a blur, uh, so <laughs> for many reasons, and and he you could see he was a little bit uh, out of the pace. But it's not to play in the Liverpool midfield. It's not just you know do you have the speed in your legs. It's also a question of positioning. Uh, and, and anticipation and, and, and being in the right place relative to your t- teammates. And, and if for that, it takes time, right? It's not that easy. That You don't just walk into a, a club midfield from day one and you start no. dominating. Even even Thiago, if you remember, when he first uh, joined in Granting, there was an injury. Uh, but when he came back from the injury, there were quite a lot of questions about him. Is you know, you know, he can't tackle, he can't run, he looks out of position. And it wasn't Thiago. It just was. It took time to adjust both to the team tactically uh, and and also to to the pace of the Premier League. So with time, I think Arthur can get there. And you could you know definitely positive that he's he's try, he stayed behind and he's wanted to uh, to get those minutes in his leg. So hopefully that means that he's he's quite ready. And then fi- finally, I think it's just the fit in this in this uh, midfield and where could he play? And I think it. It could make sense that again, if he if he gets some minutes in that um, left sided midfield role, uh, it definitely needed until Naby Kate is out, until uh, Curtis Jones is out. But even when they come back, I think there's a question uh, that there's actually a good argument that Naby Kate could be better on, on that right sided uh, midfield mm-hmm. uh, slot with with uh, with uh, Harvey and with Hendo, especially if you want to use Hendo as a DM more. So having, let's say, uh, Thiago and Arthur and maybe Curtis as options on the left, and then you have Hendo and Harvey and Naby as options on the right, uh, could actually be be very beneficial long term uh, uh, to the team. Definitely this season, maybe even beyond. Right? 
who knows what's going to happen, whether um, Liverpool would, would be interested in keeping Arthur or not. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty low-cost, decent upside move. And if, if he adjusts and, and, and if he does really well, if he gets the opportunity and he does really well, you could try to keep him. I mean, I know there's a, there's a buy option. You could always try to negotiate it down, right? So that, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, just because the buy option is for 37 million, you can always try to negotiate it down if, if, if needed, if you wanted to stay. So we'll see. I, um, I mean, I definitely don't see him as, uh, as, as a bad signing, and, and there's some upside there. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he gets to play and gets to contribute. Yeah, I think that's right. It's a, it's a low-risk signing, and we just have to wait and see how it works out. If he does well, he can sign permanently. If not, he can go back to Juventus, and that's, that, that's completely fine. Um, so yeah. in, in looking at the uh, results of the games, uh, were there any positives that you guys um, got or takeaways from that, that mixed run of results? Uh, Lubo, do you want to get us started on that one? I mean, you, you have to say that the... the the Ajax game uh, came at the right time, and the results were the result was really good. I, I think that was desperately needed after, especially after what happened in 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 Naples, right? Have, having a win, uh, but also just dominating. I mean, if you look at the numbers, and I know it, you know, for a large period it was very tense because the Ajax scored with what their only shot on target. They had three shots in the whole game. They had something like you know point two xg, and 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 the one the, the one time they put the shot on target, it went in. So because of that, because for eighty nine minutes, uh, you know you, you're you're looking for a game winner. Uh, there was a lot of tension. There was quite a bit of negativity about uh, just how how the result was achieved. But actually, the game was really good, uh, and and I I think that there was a lot of positivity, a lot of. Uh, just good feelings from the way they played and and, and the way that uh, they, they won. And I, I love a last-minute winner. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, ironically, you know, Liverpool have what now, uh, excluding the, the community shield in, in, in the Premier League, in the Champions League, they have three wins. Um, and as aside from Bournemouth, they had that late winner against uh, uh, Newcastle. They had the late winner against Ajax. <laughs> They could have uh, ironically had late winners uh, at at Chris against Crystal Palace. I think that that also at uh, uh, at Everton there was that last you know shot off the post uh, by Mo, and then uh, I think that came the rebound fell to Diogo and he shanked it. So I, I think the positive is again the the way the last game was, and I think you could see things are hopefully starting to to come together. With Thiago back, we'll have more more of the injured players back. It, it just felt like it was a nice, positive result, nice positive performance to close out this this part of 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 the season, uh, despite just results that didn't really go the way that we wanted to. Um, so, from a performance perspective, I'll, I'll say this: I mean, you could you could go game by game, and you could point to silver linings but it, it's not necessarily been a, a great stretch it almost felt like a a great game uh, in the community shield then a whole bunch of up and down performances and a really good game against Ajax to just bookend this this part of the season mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, cool. it, it, def- it definitely seemed like you know we've sort of had 
good, bad, and indifferent uh, through those like <laughs> 10 games to, to start the season. Uh, and for me, one of the, the big positives has actually been the development integration of Fabio Carvalho. And like that, that late winner was very exciting. And I think, you know, there's a lot to look forward to uh, as he gets into his Liverpool career. And he, I, I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, so, Paul, what were your positives from this run? <laughs> Some of the positives you can look at is that, that you know, um, that we didn't we didn't lose that Everton game as well. You know, there was that that the the, the was it the Cody the Cody goal that was ruled offside, but you know mm-hmm. it was so tight. Um, you just kind of look at that and going, oh man. Some of the luck we've had over this season, the last season, you're just kind of going, that's the type of thing that you know could could easily go against you. Um, I think that that Napoli game was just, uh, it was just frustrating the game to watch, wasn't it? It was kind of one of them ones where you're going, nothing is clicking here. We've we've, you know, we've we've taken a smashing. Um, we just can't seem to get ourselves in gear and get things working. But then to come back and have that game against Ajax, and it was, you know, I was just looking at some of the simple stats there on that game, and you know, we had just our attacking play with ten corners, and the, the Ajax keeper had eight saves. It was just kind of one of them ones where you're just going, if we had come away from that game with a draw, you would have felt opportunity missed. At the same time, you wouldn't have felt. You would have felt bad about it, but you would have been like, at least the performance was a lot better. But to get that last minute winner from from Matip, then you're kind of like, yeah, that that's probably what that performance in that game deserved. So to actually convert that and get the win was a good positive feel because you know in seasons gone by, that's typically what we've been very good at is playing right to the ninety fifth minute and making sure that we get the win. And it's probably what we have missed this season in, you know, you know, the game against Fulham, the game against Palace. Um, and yet we did have it then against Newcastle. So we've had it. And I think probably what you know, some of the positives that we can take from this is that we do we we have played well in spells and in periods. And we have been able to grind a couple of results, but we're just not used to that at the start of the season, not being iron on all cylinders under Klopp because there's the massive talk that he loves a good pre-season. He gets his players in the mind frame and in the physical condition to be able to hit the season running and, and get wins. And what's kind of surprising this season is that we haven't been able to do that, where we're very kind of used to being able to do that. So to come away with this break for the international break, with that win Ajax, then it's kind of like, yeah, okay, that's you know, that's something that's something that we're typically well known for playing right to the end games and getting the win. I think it's just probably, but we I don't know, we just never seem to do that well against Billy, unfortunately. Whether it's under yeah. you know, uh, Ancelotti or anyone else, we just I don't know what it is when we go and play Napoli, we just don't seem to to do too well against them, you know. I think if we look back even at that United game, it's you know, you just get so frustrated sometimes with um uh, with with what we were doing and what's happening on the pitch and we're not getting rewarded for some of the nice play that we do put in place. And then you turn around and you get in a result like Bournemouth where you absolutely smash a team nine nil. You know, and you think this is it, happy days, we're gonna kick on, we're gonna we're gonna go for it now. And then we labour to a win against Newcastle. 
but we get the win against Newcastle. So you're kind of looking at the results and going, they're not brilliant, they're not terrible. I think the play has been better than what sometimes the results show. But at the same time, results don't lie. The table doesn't lie. We haven't done enough to win games. So it's kind of that thing where now we really need to, after this international break, just try and kick on. As you said, Matt, like players like Carvalho, you know, him getting that winning goal against Newcastle, that is bound to be um something that is going to help boost his confidence and boost um how he feels about his position in the team and what he can bring to the team. So even if he's not starting games, he knows that, that, that the boss will trust him enough to fire him on for 30 minutes in the hope that he will change the game or get a goal or do something. So, And he's been able to prove that against Newcastle. So I think, you know, small snippets of things like that are positive. You know, Harvey Elliott's performances have been top-notch, um, even in games where the midfield has looked really bad. He has played really well, but then you look statistically and you kind of go down the right-hand side. We're still not quite clicking yet. We're not quite getting the best out of Mo, Trent's laboring. Is that because the three of them aren't quite connected? We haven't just dialed in how they all need to work with each other. Um, so you kind of look at it and go, yeah, there's personal positives, but on the team overall... There's still a few wee, still a few wee things that just need tinkered with, and so I'm hoping that the breaks that we've had here will allow us to kind of bring all that into place, so we can we can nearly have a mini reset, I think, and just mm-hmm. just get going for this next run of games. Yeah, I think that's right. So it's just like there's a little bit of um, an issue with consistency at this point, right? It's yeah. the you can't. It's not like consistently applied across the teams. Like you might have one player have a decent game but then on the other side of the field somebody's having a really terrible game and that just sort of mm-hmm. uh disrupts that sort of balance and throws everything off and it just all looks a bit disjointed like you're saying on that yeah. right side is like all those guys have like pretty decent attacking numbers but then yeah. you look at you look at like Mo's uh shot output and he's down a full shot per game over his Liverpool career average and so mm-hmm. uh, some things need to be adjusted a little bit to where you're getting Mo the ball and he's able to take shots and do more creative work um, than he has been able to so far. And then maybe that balance is a little bit too attacking and need to dial that back a little bit. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how uh, Klopp adjusts things going forward. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Actually a couple of points on, on here. So uh, one is around the starts of, of a season on the Klopp. And I actually looked into this. And out of the six seasons, six full seasons, including this one, I mean, I'm ignoring 15, 16, uh, because that was his, uh, his first season. And, you know, it was under Rodgers. Uh, only two seasons actually have been um, like where Klopp, uh, the team has won the first six games. And that was, you know, 18, 19 and 19, 20, right? And and even in 1920, if you remember, that was also the season where uh, Alisson got injured against Norwich. The schedule yeah. was quite soft. But even there, the, the metrics were not great. I mean, there were some games where we actually played poor, really poorly and we got, got mm-hmm. away with, with results. I mean, remember that game, I think it was after the Super Cup when we were, uh, played at Southampton and they had all of these huge chances that they just kept missing and we somehow won 2-1. So... Uh, there were those two seasons, so the only seasons where Klopp has, has, you know, Liverpool has started with 
six wins. If you think about the other seasons, uh, we, we've always had a couple of stinkers. <laughs> Not just in the league. I mean, you remember like when we went to Man City and Grand, it was 10 men and we got clobbered uh, yeah. 5-0. And we went to Spurs and we got hammered. We had some uh, poor results as well. There was the one as uh, the seven-two at Aston Villa. It, it's it has been like actually, yeah. four, like I said, four out of the six seasons, including this one, we've actually kind of started sloppy and we had some draws. We've had some uh, uh, um, losses. It's not really until like November, December that the team would really start clicking into gear. Unfortunately, what it's also meant is that by that time, you usually you know you're just too far behind Man City. And so even though we've, we've kind of arrived the course, including last year, and we made a, a, a big run, it just we couldn't quite uh, catch them. So I, again, this is not, I mean, this is not new for Klopp, unfortunately. And I think yeah. that's, this is just another season. I think the other, but again, what, what Klopp has shown and what the team has shown is they can make these adjustments. So then going into games... Eight, nine, ten, etc., and then the re- they can really get on the run, and that's that's something we'll talk about looking ahead. Is you know hopefully that can happen. And I think the other thing is also that's been uh, a real pain this this year uh, is that the three games that we uh, um, no actually it wasn't even three, but the games that we we scored first. If you include even the Champions League, we there's been you know three games where we scored first and we we won. So the Community Shield. Uh, we scored first, and even though they, they 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 tied, we ended up winning Bournemouth, and then uh, I think the last one was uh, at uh, Ajax, and again they 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 drew, but we were able to win. All the other games we've been behind, and so it's 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 just really difficult if you fall consistently behind in games, especially early on, then to be able to come back. And the fact that you know we're able to even you know draw and come back against Newcastle. I think it's 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 something that um, <clears throat> you know hope hopefully it turns around and some of it has been kind of poor luck where the other team has been able to score a goal first with pretty much their first shot or even first shot on target. I mean, you remember Zaha, was it Zaha from uh, who who scored and and, yes. and you know the the uh, Mitrovic with pretty much the first shot on target. So it's been a little bit unlucky, right? I know that this is something that. You know, we used to complain about Mignolet that it's always like, you know, the first shot always goes in. Uh, it's it's kind of changed on the, on the, uh, with Allison, but we've, ha- we've suffered a little bit of just bad luck uh, where for some of these games we've just allowed the first shot to go in and that's really put us behind. And I think that will turn around uh, where we'll stop conceding a goal with the first shot. We'll, we'll start taking the lead in a lot more games and I think that is then really just open up uh, the, the game and will allow them to start playing our style rather than just constantly being behind and chasing against the pack defenses. Yeah, so, so given all these factors, uh, do you guys still believe that Liverpool are challengers for the Premier League title? And Lubo, you want to uh, start us on that one? I mean, to me, it, it, it's... I've said this year we're winning the pentuple, right? Because last mm-hmm. because last year we didn't win the community shield. This year we did, so so we're going for the pentuple. I mean, realistically, I so we're we're nine nine point nine points behind Arsenal in first, right? We do have a game in hand, so you could say okay, even though it's a very difficult game at Chelsea, you could say okay, maybe it's a six point, and then we're uh, however many points, eight points behind Man City, uh, okay, game in hand, so that's five points. 
it is it is going to be tricky. On the one hand, you could say, okay, we're quite behind. Does that mean that we're not in the race? It's way too early for that. On the other hand, also, there's some really good teams. So Arsenal is quite good. Spurs is quite good. In fact, going back to the, the, the first one of the podcasts that we did in the summer where we previewed teams, I think all of us, all of us were actually quite high on Spurs and Arsenal, or at least mm-hmm. I was. And so far, it's looking like it. So on the one hand, we're quite far behind. On the other, there's quite a few teams that are going to be good this year, and it's going to be difficult yeah. for someone to run and and win, you know, get 90-plus points again. So this could be a season where 80-some points win, wins the title. And I definitely think this team is very, very much capable win, um, you know, 80-plus 80 points, even even low 90s, right? When we've we've lost a few points, but we're still very much uh, have the, the the capacity, the ability to go on, on runs. I think the what's 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 good and bad in some ways. What is that we are facing Man City and Arsenal? I think in th- two of the next three games, I think it's Brighton and then Arsenal and then Man City. So you could say it's good because you have we have the ability to win. Uh, and then get right back into it. If we can win both of those games, we can get right back into it, right? Yeah. <laughs> the bad is if you lose those games, then <laughs> I, I definitely think you're in, in, in really deep hole because then they're going to be really far ahead. And so I think at that point of time, you're now probably focusing top four and then you're focusing on the Cups. Yeah, uh, so like, you know, like you're saying, it's there, there's 32 games to go. And um so it's way too early to to give up on Liverpool being a, a title challenger. Uh, it's just like the results have to change pretty quickly. Uh, otherwise, you might get too far adrift, and then that gap will be too um, too big to bridge. And then you know, then you start focusing on other things. Uh, so the other thing is Liverpool tend to do really well when the schedule is very compressed. And so now we're getting to the the point in the season where uh, they'll be playing every three days. And that grind is typically when Liverpool do better than other teams. And so hopefully what we'll see is Liverpool's results get better and then other teams start dropping points. Um, and then get uh, some of that, um, bridge some of that eight point, eight, nine point gap. Uh, so, Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think you guys were bang on there. Um, I agree, it's far too early to write anyone off in a title race, and I think it's far too early also to say that someone's a clear a clear winner. We we all know that Man City are going to be the hardest team to try and catch. I, I personally don't think Arsenal will have the longevity over the length of the season to continue the run that they are on. I also think they haven't really come up against Anyone of 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 too great a of of a competition uh, so far, um, and I think you know between now and the World Cup, then they're going to have a have a few tough games, which could see them drop away. Um, I, I'm I'm less worried about losing to Arsenal than I am about if we lose to City. If we lose to City, that's you know that's a big gap to try and to try and close. Um, and that 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 one may be just a bit too far, but it, it, like who knows? In a World Cup season that is is going to be punctuated by numerous stops and starts, and then also with a lot of games thrown in there. And we, like we've talked about this before, we know that then um, Pep tends to play with a smaller squad. All that needs to happen for him 
um, for City is an injury to Haaland, is an injury to De Bruyne, is an injury to, you know, and uh, some of the, the other midfielders, uh, Bernardo Silva or whatever. And all of a sudden, their team doesn't look as strong. And if you're throwing in multiple matches, you know, game every three days, then that becomes a bit more harder for them as well. Um, so. Uh, it's one of the it's one of them ones that it's going to be a really hard season to predict. It was always going to be a really hard season to predict, anyway, because of international breaks. You know, left, right, and centre, World Cup, cup games being thrown in, Champions League being played in a condensed format to try and get all the games in. So the you know the rest time isn't there between games, and I think we have seen and um, we have kind of been the forerunners this season of what happens to a team when when two or three key players get injured. And not even necessarily key players. Sometimes it's just players within the squad who you would use for rotation. When they get injured, you just don't have the availability to to, to drop anyone else in, and and then your key players get injured. Thiago and uh, you know Nunes getting the red card did not help in any shape or fashion either. That wasn't great, um, and so that le- that's left us a bit stuck. Canate going out injured has left us a bit kind of, you know, ropey at the back at times just with that. And then, then Matip was just gone for a couple of games. So we, we've kind of been that that prototype, so to speak, for what happens to a top team in a season like this when, when certain players or when the squad just gets a wee bit depleted. And I think, you know, Arsenal and, and City obviously have that that same worry that if something was to happen to some to a couple of their players, they don't they don't necessarily have the strength and depth either to be able to rotate and throw in as many players. So I think it's going to be a really you know it's going to be a really weird season. And the point level you've made there about other teams being stronger, you know we've already seen it. Like Fulham are sitting sixth in the table. You know after seven games, who would have thought that was going to be the case? So there are teams that are getting results who you wouldn't have thought were going to get results. Brighton are sitting fourth. Now, obviously, they've lost um, Graham Potter and he's went to Chelsea. So who knows what impact that's going to be having on them. But we just look at that table and you're kind of going, there has there has already been you know weird results. Didn't Villa get a draw against City? Um so there's just been there's just been those kind of results where you look at it and go, this isn't going to be a standard season. So to write us off at this point would be, you know, write us off at your peril. But at the same time, we do need to very quickly sharpen up. And I think, Matt, when you said there, that rotation of every three games, game every three days, Jurgen talks about that so much, about getting players into rhythm, getting the team into the rhythm and keeping that going. That's something that we seem to thrive on. We, we always say this, we do our worst whenever we've had breaks because they nearly get out of the rhythm. And once we're in that rhythm, consistently going bang 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 we get that consistency and we get those results so I think that uh, I think that is our strength and that's what we play on and therefore hopefully in the next couple of weeks we will you know we will be much more um, confident and much more positive in our outlook not that we're not positive because we're the positivity podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely so I think that's a good point for us to like start looking ahead to the to the games that are coming uh, so Liverpool returned to action in the Premier League after a three-week hiatus with games against Brighton and Arsenal and then have a pair of uh, games against Rangers in the Champions League before uh, they face Manchester City. So what are you looking forward to in this next run of games? And uh, Paul, do you want to get us started on that one? Yeah, well, I think obviously the Brighton games are going to be a bit of an unknown now because they have their new manager in 
Uh, we don't know what way he'll approach this. Um, again, it's at Anfield, so it's one of those games where you're kind of looking at it. You would have looked at it before the season and went, that's a game that we need to win. Um, it's a game that we should win, and hopefully it's a game that we will win. Uh, Brighton, uh, they obviously beat United 4-0, but that was a poor United team. And whatever happened that day, Brighton just seemed to collect the same way that we collect against Bournemouth. I don't, I don't necessarily see it being a game that we won't win. Um, so you're looking for a win in that. Then you've got Rangers at home on the Tuesday night. So I think that you know you definitely need to. Those are two games that we have to win. And the minute you start winning two games in a row, you're building momentum. You're going into the Arsenal game on the Sunday, which is a which is a really big break. You know, between the Tuesday to the Sunday, so there should be a good, good enough recovery time that we can hit that game running, um, and then you're into the, you know, the, the Rangers game uh, the week after that at, at Ibrox, which you know, I personally think that that we should smash Rangers regardless of um, what happens Premier League wise. I think you know they're nowhere near the, the level of Champions League. Opposition that 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 we that we should have trouble against, but you know it will be a massive game for them, and and therefore, um, you know they could give us a bit of trouble, but I I really think you know I think that I watched them the other night, and you know they they were beat three 0 um, and I think it's just kind of one of them ones where we should three or four now, it's kind of one of those games where we should you know Rangers shouldn't really be that that much of a you know. A difficult opposition, then you're hitting City, and that's the game where we really need to, where we really need to show what we can do uh, at Anfield against against City. So, like, I, I, I'm hopeful, I'm positive. You know, these next four games should be should be good games. Yeah, it's an interesting way to come back because, like, Brighton have not played since September fourth, and then their next game yeah. is October first. So you have a full month. But they haven't played, and they switch managers, and so like, yeah, what what are you gonna see for Brighton on that day? Um, <laughs> it's like a complete unknown. Uh, so uh, Lubo, what what are you looking forward to? Yeah, a couple of things. One is a lot of the games that are coming up are at home. I think four out of six Premier League games that we have coming up are at home. So so that's a yeah. positive, including Brighton. Uh, and then in the Champions League, we have uh, Rangers also at home, Rangers away. So I, I think from 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 the games, even though they're going to be difficult games, right? Uh, Arsenal and Man City, particularly uh, the fact that one is we're at home, um, and two is before we uh, go to Arsenal, we'll have had a couple of games. We'll have had the Brighton game, we'll have had the Rangers game, to to, to just give the players a little bit of rhythm, get them back from the international break. Uh, and and to 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 kind of get 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 us going going into the Arsenal game going into the Rangers away going into the Man City game, so I'm hoping as as Paul mentioned that we can get a couple of wins uh, with uh, against Brighton against Rangers at home get get can uh, get the confidence up get you know uh, the players back get get them all integrated and and then uh, really go to Arsenal and that's going to be a really difficult one but if we can then you know. If if you win Arsenal at Arsenal, that's your third win in a row. You start to put a little bit of a of a winning momentum in 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 play, and I think that that could then really carry us uh, uh, forward. Um, so the other thing is that I think Brighton and the the Zerbi, and I don't know too much about the Zerbi, right? This this new guy, but he likes to play, 
And so mm-hmm. I suspect that Brighton are going to come to 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 Anfield, and they'll just want to play. They'll want to play from the back. They'll they'll want to control. They'll want to have possession of the ball. Uh, and if we if we are able to reproduce the counter press and 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 the intensity that we showed against Ajax, um, I think that that could be. Uh, uh, and that could play really well for us. And same with Rangers. I mean, even though Rangers, they, they know they're the weaker team, they are still going to come to Anfield and they'll want to play. Right? They know they're not going to get out of the group. You know, They, they know that they are the weakest mm-hmm. team in the group. But they will come to Anfield and they'll want to play. I think this may be the first time Liverpool and Rangers have ever played in, a, in, in Europe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, obviously this will be huge for them. They'll want to come in and then... They'll want to show that they 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 know how to play, right? So I think it could if 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 we may have the opportunities if we're on a game with the counter press and with the, have the right players in, it, it could it could lead to you know having a couple of good wins the way Liverpool like to to play, and and hopefully that then means that just everybody's is excited, everybody's uh, um, uh, ready to go, and hopefully it also means that we'll have. Um, after the break, quite a few more players back. I mean, I know, and we'll maybe touch a little bit more on on the players, but you know, Hendo is back with England, so uh, hopefully Konate is back. Hopefully, maybe Curtis is back. So we may also have a lot more players ready to come in and get integrated and rotate with the with the five subs. Uh, so hopefully, that that means that then uh, the first couple of games we get good wins, and then we just keep rolling from there. Yeah, so an update here, or more information, is Liverpool have never played Rangers in a competitive match. They've played them in friendlies, but never uh, never in a real game. That so, is wild. Yeah. That's something that's wild. I would have imagined. I think there was another one also, Man United, a few years ago when they played them in the Europa League, was the first time Liverpool and Man United have, had ever played in, in European competition together. And you're like, how is that possible? And then you realize that's because we always played Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. uh speaking of of rangers like how, how do you think klopp should uh approach that game with the the premier league schedule do you think he should rotate uh lubo you want to talk about that i mean you have to win those games right so that's right. the thing is that that uh against against the rangers the reason those those games are so important is because if you get two wins and you get to nine points and hopefully, yeah. you know, uh, Ajax and Napoli drop points. I mean, ideally, Ajax and Napoli just draw both of the games, right? So then yeah. they, they, they get... The... But if you get to nine points, then you really need, you know, get a draw at, Na- at Ajax or, or even get a draw at home uh, against Napoli, worst case. With 10 points, you're probably going to advance. I mean, ideally, you want to get to 12 points. But you, you want to you get at least 10, uh, you know, 12 points would be perfect. So that's why the two games against... The Rangers are, are Rangers are so so important. You have to win them both. But the good thing is that they're not that strong. They're by far the weakest uh, team in, in in the league. So that allows you to rotate and, and maybe not like rotate where you replace seven players, but maybe you can do two or three players in. So from Brighton, bringing two or three players uh, and and then start start integrating them. So I expect some rotation. Um, I expect you know to see uh, as I said two or three new players come in. Between Brighton and, and and Rangers, but again, it, it, I think Klopp will take them very seriously because of how important uh, the two the, those two games are. The two games against Rangers are for what will happen in the group. I think timing wise is also good because I believe we play Saturday Brighton, Tuesday Rangers, and then we have 
the Arsenal game is on Sunday. So yes. you could technically go strong again um, for, for, for Rangers and then you go strong for Arsenal. They may be a bit, rotate a bit more uh, at Rangers, which I think is Sunday, Wednesday. So we, yep. we have, the, the schedule works out quite well and I'm pretty sure Klopp will take uh, both Brighton, uh, will take both Rangers games uh, very seriously. Right. On the one hand, like the Rangers games would be good to play backups or young players because the talent differential uh, between the two teams. But then like there must win games because of how things yeah. have started in the Champions League. So, yeah, I, I don't expect that much rotation, but we might see a little bit of it, especially in that second game between Arsenal and City. Uh, Paul, uh, your your thoughts? Yeah, for me, those Rangers, those two Rangers games, uh, I, I'm thinking you start strong. You get three, you know, maybe two, three goals ahead, and that's when you then look to to rest players after fifty five minutes, sixty minutes, um, you know, and, and be able to to see out a game. I think that's what we need to be looking at in those games where we can kind of go strong, get ahead, stay ahead, and then kind of coast in home. I don't think Rangers have enough to come back from a two or three goal deficit. I'll put it that way. Um, and then if we're able just to see out the, see out those games, rest players so that they are ready for Arsenal and City, that's probably what we need to do. And you're you're bang you're bang on it there with that that idea that you know we've got the three points against against Ajax. If we can get six points against Rangers in these two games, you know ideally you're looking one win or two draws from the last two games, um, Napoli and Ajax, Napoli at home, Ajax away. You know that's us through uh, into the into the knockout stage of the Champions League, so we should be strong enough to do that. So I I, I generally think those two games we do need to go strong, even though Arsenal and City are the two games after those. Just a wee point on on the Arsenal game that that Arsenal game is at the Emirates, so you you kind of feel that the Arsenal fans, given that they're top of the league, given that they've had a good start of the season, they will not want to see Arsenal with nine men behind the ball trying to hit us on the counter-attack. I would yeah. have thought that game they will want to try and play us. And personally, I think that's when we are at our best, when a team feels that they can play us at that kind of attacking game because that opens up the areas that we attack most. And I don't think Arsenal's defence are anywhere near good enough to be able to handle our attacking style of play. So, you know, that to me is kind of like an area that we can look at uh, over these next four games. If we can if we can work this this first Rangers game at home at Anfield to get three or four maybe goals ahead and then be able to rest players so that we can approach that Arsenal game, I do not see Arsenal being super defensive. Arteta could, you know, he could surprise me on that and go, well, we're top of the league, let's consolidate here. Liverpool are a far stronger team, but I just don't see them sitting at home and sitting back and trying to just soak up pressure. Yeah, they'll definitely come out. And and the other thing about Arsenal, just and I know this is looking you know quite a bit ahead, but uh, uh, one is they they play Thursday night in Europe, right? So they mm-hmm. I don't know if they're home or away, and maybe Matt, if you're the computer, you could just look it up. But yeah. so w- mm-hmm. while we have a game on Tuesday and then Sunday, they have a game Thursday and then Sunday. So hopefully that two days of extra rest. Uh, and makes yeah. a difference and they have a pretty thin squad uh, and you know so they they will I, I don't know I don't think they'll rotate tons for the for the Europa League 
The other so wild the, card. Lugo, oh, a quick schedule update is they're at home against the okay. Norwegian team on the Thursday before uh, being at home against Liverpool. Okay, so two home games. So that helps with the travel, but you're still talking about playing, you know, uh, a Thursday yeah. night and then uh, Sunday. Uh, and then the other thing is, I believe that uh, uh, Jesus is on, on four yellow cards already. And, and the next game is the North London Derby uh, in the league. So yeah. we just need to uh, hope that uh, he gets a <laughs> yellow card in the game against Spurs, which would mean he would miss the game against Liverpool, right? Now, I don't know if it will happen, <laughs> but I think it would be a good thing if it did happen. And, and so that way, I mean, he's, he's obviously started quite well uh, life in North, North London, and he's been scoring and creating but if, if we get the, the, a little bit the, the rub of the green and, and he gets a yellow card against uh, Spurs and he misses the Liverpool game, that just could be another, another little uh, edge coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, guys, which, uh, which game do you think is going to be more difficult in, in the Premier League, Arsenal or City? Uh, Paul, do you want to get us started on that one? Personally, I think City's the harder game. I will, uh, I'll, I will always think that City's the harder game just because, you know, you look at <laughs> you look at them, they go 2-0 down against Crystal Palace at half-time and just come out and absolutely blitz them. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think Arsenal could do that. Um, and so I just see City obviously being much more of an attacking threat, um, far better organised in midfield um, than, what, than what Arsenal would be. Um, that being said, I, I I will always maintain this that if you can get in behind and attack City's defence and get shots on target against Ederson, you will get goals. And I think that's probably what this season has shown so far. The teams who have been willing to kind of attack City um, have been able to get some goals and get some joy at doing that. Um, it's just the problem of like Holland. Holland's just an alien. He's, you know, he's not from this planet with some of the stuff that he does, and that's it's going to be so hard. You know, you, you already know the storyline. You already know what's going to be played: Van Dyke versus Holland. You know, Van Dyke fancies himself as the best defender in the world. How can he do against against Holland? You know, that's the story that's going to be there. I just, I just see uh, personally, I can see us beating Arsenal um, comfortably. Um, and City being a lot more of a complicated game. But like last season, wasn't it last season we had two draws in the league? Mm-hmm. And yes. even, you know, the FA Cup semi-final was probably the was probably the game where we excelled most against them um, and had and had really mm-hmm. good success. That was a great game um against them in the in the semi-final. So like City's never an easy game. Though that being said, the, the community shield you know, I thought we played much better football against them, but they just seem to have been able to kick on in the league, whereas we started. Yeah, no, I mean, I think exactly the community shield. I think this was a really good point where just the team was fired up. And you could say maybe they were a little bit undercooked at that time and, and maybe it was intentional. Uh, and maybe that is why partly, you know, they, why they're, 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 they haven't had the, the, the injuries that we've had and, and they seem to be starting to peak now, I, and it will be a it will be a difficult game. But again, I I I always feel we play again. We 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 come out fired up against Man City. Always play well. And last year the two draws, both games, 
I needed a, a Kevin De Bruyne deflected shot of Joel Matip to mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of go into full uh, Al, uh, you know Allison and to go in. And we've had chances to win both of those those games. We we you know we beat them in, in the Community Shield. We beat them in the FA Cup. So I I definitely think that even though that is going to be the harder game, it's at Anfield. Everybody will be fired up, and especially if, if we've been able to get uh, a few win to get wins in the games before that, get players back in, into rhythm, get uh, get everybody kind of a, a, a fired up and and playing playing well, playing with confidence. I I think that would be a a, a pretty a pretty crazy game, and I, I could see us I could see another game where Pep absolutely loses his mind uh, the way he <laughs> did in that three uh, one loss. I think that game has huge meme potential. Uh, which actually would be great if between Arsenal and Man City, if we could get you get uh, wins in those two games, you're right back into the title race. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you guys. Like City, City is the more difficult game. Uh, so if I'm counting correctly, uh, Liverpool had only won one out of the previous nine meetings with uh, City before that FA Cup game. So they've been very difficult in in recent seasons for for Liverpool, uh, whereas like Arsenal has not, and Arsenal has also like struggled against better teams, which they have not really played so far this season. So it's really going to be like their first test when they go against Tottenham and then Liverpool in back to back games. So City's definitely the big one. They're just better, and you know. It's it's going to be a tough game, and and we'll see what happens. So I I think that is a good place uh, for us to come to a close. So Lubo, can you give us your uh, final thoughts and any plugs? So final thoughts. I think we should try to aim to have our next uh, podcast. Maybe after that city game, we'll have to see how it works. I think it's that city game is on a Sunday, so it might be a bit challenging. Maybe we'll look in the weekend after that. Uh, but yeah, we definitely have the next five games are going to be really, really crucial for all the reasons that we discussed. The two games versus Rangers in, in the, will determine how the group is looking. And then the games, the next three games in the league, especially against Arsenal and Man City, will, will show whether Liverpool can jump back into the, into the title race or not. So I, I, it is a bit ironic. Normally, you don't say that this early in the season you have some games that are just absolutely season-defining. But I think the two games against Rangers in the league and then the, the, the next three games, next four games, but especially the, the games at, at Arsenal and Man City, they could in many ways be season-defining. So I just hope that, uh, that Liverpool come back, get as many injured players back, and then just repeat what they, how they played against Ajax. Just do that for a um, couple of weeks. Hopefully get a few wins in these games. Um, hopefully get wins in all of these games. And then let's come back in about, I would say, three weeks and see, see where we are. And uh, hopefully have a lot of reasons to be even more positive. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Paul, your final thoughts? My final thoughts are that I think those uh, postponed games came at the right time for us, um, <laughs> you know, against Wolves and Chelsea, that allowed the team a bit of, a bit of breathing space to be able to get injuries back, injured players back. Get a bit, I know the international breaks come in the middle of it as well, but I do think that that, that has worked in our favour and it should be something that we should look to capitalise on. These next number of games, we've had time to train, time to work through. I think we can get I think we can get a good number of wins um, here and be ready to hit that City game 
in a in a confident mood. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that the next time we come to to record, that we are uh, that we are genuinely in a good place. I'm pretty happy with the with the five games that have that have preceded that recording. Yes, you absolutely. Know, Paul, what you said there about the game being cancelled. In fact, if you remember last season. Uh, we went through a stretch because of COVID and injuries where we had a run of bad games. You know, we lost at Leicester, we, we drew with Spurs, we drew with Chelsea. Uh, and then we had a game, uh, EFL semifinal game postponed against Arsenal due yeah. to COVID. And then we came back and then we, we went on this run uh, that led us to basically the four final, the three finals, and then just, you know, finishing a point behind City. So I agree with you. Hopefully this, this was the same where these postponed games, even though it'll, it still means we have to play them, right? Uh, and and yeah. most likely it will mean sometime uh, I was looking at the schedule. In fact, a, a side note, it, uh, right now um, the game uh, home to Chelsea and away to Wolves, so the, the, the two, two games, that, the, sort of the, the opposite of the two games that were postponed, are back-to-back in, at the end of January. And there's a chance, depending on how the schedule works, is that in January, we could we could play home to Chelsea, then play at Chelsea the the uh, postponed game, then play uh, uh, <laughs> at, at Wolves, and then play against Wolves the postponed game. So we could literally have Chelsea, Chelsea, Wolves, Wolves within like two weeks or something crazy like that. That's mad. So, That's mad. Isn't it? That could be mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll see if it happens. It could be. It, it may not happen, but. Um, We'll see how the, the scheduling goes, but there, there is that potential, right? But I, I do agree with you. I do think that the, 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 the fact that just given how um, beat up we were, if we had dropped points against uh, Wolves and if we had dropped points at, at Chelsea, it would have been just really, really brutal right now. So oh, yeah. I, I, I like yeah. to think the same way that, yeah, especially given what happened last season, we could just regroup and reuse the momentum from the Ajax games uh, bring players back and just go on a nice roll. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a very crazy season. Uh, there are 13 games in six weeks starting on <laughs> October 1st. So hopefully the Reds will win all of them. Um, so <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, until we talk to you next time up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.